The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Monday Football Monday here on the SB Nation NFL show. We want to remind you before we get started that this show is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. This, as mentioned, is a Monday following a Sunday of NFL action. We are putting a bow, tying a bow on week two. My name is RJ Ochoa from SB Nation's blog and the boys. We're about to run through basically every game that happened on Sunday. You can uh, watch us on the SB Nation NFL Facebook page, Twitter page, or YouTube channel, and you can listen wherever you get your podcasts on the SB Nation NFL show. Make sure you subscribe, leave a rating, write a review. The fantastic Rachelle Prevet, as always, is on the ones and twos and providing us with some eclectic musical taste, as always, from SB Nation's Arrowhead Pride. He had Sunday off thanks to a huge Thursday night win by the Kansas City Chiefs. It is the one and only Pete Sweeney. Pete, how did you spend your Sunday void of Kansas City Chiefs action? Yeah, I got together with some friends. Usually I'm the one at the stadium and and I was mm. able to join my pals. Brag. Yeah, I was able to join my pals uh, at, at one of the local establishments. We had a nice, nice time watching watching the games where like every game was on the TV. We didn't even watch Red Zone. I just had every game available to me. You like uh, created a red zone, like in a in a much more difficult Correct. way. With, right, gotcha. And actually, um, I, well, I actually realized that I prefer that. I prefer Scott Hansen telling me what I should be watching, right. as opposed to having to keep my head on a swivel to see what's going on at all times. Right, seven hours yes. of commercial, whatever right. it is. Um, well, one of the games you saw, Pete. We are going to go through all of them, obviously, lots of action. But but one of the games you saw uh, involved. Um, one of your favorite teams, right? You, yeah. You love the Detroit Lions. That's right. You're a big fan of the 313. That's right. Motor City. That's all you have to the say. Mo- Motor say. City. You know, uh, home of Eminem, home of Nickelback. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot to, to be excited about when it comes to the Detroit Lions who got a got their Nervous. first win of the season mm-hmm. on Sunday against the Washington Commanders. And to break it all down with us from SB Nation's pride of Detroit, one of my favorite people in NFL lore, NFL universe, the galaxy of, of really all things. Jeremy Reisman from Pride of Detroit joins us now on the SB Nation NFL show. Jeremy, first of all, what is the last 
meal that you ate and how good was it? <laughs> well, first of all, we do not claim Nickelback. They are a Canadian band. I need to get that out of the way. <laughs> Stats department, correction department here. We do not claim Nickelback. Uh, but good question. Uh, I think I had a couple of breakfast sandwiches today and uh, haven't had a, a victory Monday breakfast sandwich in September and it, it feels like a very long time. So well, one, one of the better <laughs> ones, I would say. <laughs> Uh, well, everybody, by the way, make sure to follow Jeremy on Twitter at Detroit Online. Maybe you can see some photos of some breakfast sandwiches in the future. Uh, you mentioned um, like a breakfast thing. The Detroit Lions, Jeremy, tweeted out. I'm sure you saw um, a joke uh, based on the horrible uh, mug that the commanders made last week for their season opener. Uh, celebrating the win, the Detroit Lions one and one. Was this finally the the breaking of the dam? Was this the justifying of all the hype? Was this the the arrival of Dan Campbell's Detroit Lions here in the 2022 season? Oh, man. I, I guess I, the, the cheap answer there is we'll see. Um, mm. Obviously, to, to, it, it's easy to put up a, one good performance, right? And really, it was arguably just one really, really good half of performance. You know, they were up 22 nothing at, at the half there. Um, but there are a lot of things to, to really like about this team. It, and, and chief among them, I think, is the, the young nucleus of them and, and, and them just like really taking over. You know, Aiden Hutchinson with three sacks in, in one half of football. Um, you got Amon Ra continuing his dominance in year two. DeAndre Swift was very limited in this game, only had seven touches, but made the most out of them with a 50-yard run and an, an amazing 21 fall down and catch and get up and run for a touchdown. So you're, you're really starting to see the young pieces bring this team together and you know, considering the Lions have one of the youngest rosters in the NFL and, and maybe the youngest roster with all the injuries they've already had to deal with, um, you, ha you have to believe that that the trajectory of this team is probably only up. Yeah, I've I've seen the the Lions these past couple of weeks and, and they're they're going off on some long runs. We're talking multiple 50 yard runs. What have you seen from the offensive line when it comes to run blocking? It's, it's kind of fantastic, and, and it's worth noting that yesterday the Lions were missing their starting left guard, center, and right guard. All three of those guys were out, so they had a, a, a tackle playing left guard who's never played or never started in an NFL game in, in Dan, Dan Skipper. Skipper. Really, really cool story. Yes, yeah, Dan plug, Skipper. Plug that, please, uh, Jeremy. Plug that story. Yeah, yeah. so he's he's been around for six years in the NFL and has never made an initial 53-man roster, and, and, he, and Dan Campbell chose to kind of have him be the first player available to the media last night. Um, and, and for good reason, like it's, it's a tremendous story. He, he talked about how he's probably signed 20 NFL contracts and they're not worth the paper that they're written on, um, which was a really nice quote from him. But, you know, he had his family in his in attendance and, and really played a, a really decent game as well. A left guard and, you know, combined with all these other kind of patchwork guys, I, I think the Lions are top five in, in yards per carry before contact. And I think that really tells the entire story because when, DeAndre Swift is four yards downfield and there hasn't been a, a hand placed on him. Well, yeah, then, then he's going to break off 50 because he can make that first guy miss pretty darn consistently. And last year, the Lions had one rush of 50 plus yards all season. They already have three this year. So I, I don't think that's a complete coincidence. They're not going to keep up that pace. That's a ridiculous pace. But um, again, if the offensive line is putting in the work like they are so far, they're going to have a lot of 20 plus yard runs. And, and I think that that sort of thing might be consistent. The season is really young, Jeremy, obviously. Um, I mean, I, you know, we're at a point where not even every team has, has played two games, at least at the time of this recording, but Deandre Swift does look 
like one of the better running backs in the NFL. Like that, that isn't an exaggeration. I mean, you know, we have some, some of the top like names, like the Christian McCaffrey's of the world or just whatever, but like Deandre Swift feels like he's, he's knocking at the door to, to be one of those top guys, the productions there, you mentioned the limited touches um, on Sunday, obviously there was a huge amount of work for him and Jamal Williams over the last two weeks. But does it feel that way? Like, is, like if you power ranks the lions players, like where does Deandre Swift fall for you? Yeah, I would say going into the season, he's he's top 10, but probably towards the bottom of that top 10. Now it feels like he's firmly in the top five because, the you know, we've seen flashes through the first two years of his career, but injuries have kind of held him up a little bit. And, and you know, there's been some drops in the receiving game, some inconsistencies with his reads, especially running between the tackles. But the coaching staff has really, really drilled it home to him. This, and, I mean, you saw it in Hard Knocks. If you watch Hard Knocks, there, there are a couple scenes where, where Deuce Staley is pulling him inside and, you know, telling him, like, don't just run out of bounds. Lower your shoulder and throw up a stiff arm. Cutting through the middle. Don't trust your eyes because we know if you fire through that middle, you're getting to the second level and beyond. And he really seems to have taken to this coaching staff quite a bit. The injury stuff is still a, a, a mild to to medium concern with him um you know he's, he's battling an ankle injury right now but one of the interesting things this offseason is deuce daly said to the to the public in, in front of a in front of a podium said deandre swift needs to learn playing hurt versus playing injured which is kind of i mean it's kind of a starking statement like you're you're, you're almost calling out his toughness publicly and 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 again, it, it, it's much, it's really a, a challenge that that he's giving to Swift. And, and you have to say so far, you know, he played more than 50% of the snaps last, um, you know, last afternoon um, against, against Washington may have only had seven touches, but pretty gritty effort. You have to say for, for a guy like that. And that matches what they're trying to build here. You know, on the other side of it, you have the passing game, Jared Goff, 20 of 34, 256 yards and the four touchdowns. Do you get the sense that Maybe Jared Goff is, is settling into the offense at, at this point, and, and he has the, the team support when it comes to being able to trust a guy to potentially lead you to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, he definitely has the team support. They have been maybe overly so supportive of him since yeah. he came here. And, and I think part of that was by design, right? They're, they're trying to build up the guy's confidence after, you know, a, a, an embarrassing end to, to his Rams career that, that has to be kind of humiliating for him. Right. And, building up building up a quarterback's trust has to be kind of number one on the priority list and I think they've done that pretty well and surrounded him with a really good cast of guys I think I think Lions fans are split right now and and I I consider myself among those guys you know he's still you know bottom 10 in the league in terms of completion percentage completion percentage uh, above expectation he's negative eight percent which I think is bottom five um so he hasn't been outstanding thus far and, and I think that the box score is a little bit misleading from his performance on on Sunday but at the same time, he came up big in that fourth quarter. You know, he had a drive late in the game when when Washington was storming back. It's, it's a one-score game, and he goes four for four and just perfect placement on all four of those passes um, and, and eventually finishes with with a, you know, touchdown, which is another thing the Lions have been really good about. I think they've – I don't remember – I don't know what the number is at right now, but I think it's like 17 straight quarters with a touchdown, which leads the NFL right now. And, and I mean, you just wouldn't expect that out of someone like Jared Goff, right? Like, that's that's not the, the MO, but – 30, 35 plus points in, in three straight games going back to last season. And, and I guess that's what you get. Um, we talked about DeAndre Swift. We talked about Jared Goff. Pete mentioned Amon Ross St. Brown. I know he tied, was it tied? He tied a team record, right? Uh, what was the exact record? Yeah. So I think he he tied the rec a team record of, of consecutive games with eight 
plus catches. Right. And I think he broke an NFL record of eight plus catches plus a touchdown in every game. Okay. Well, so he's kind of like flirting with superstar territory. And I say this with all due respect, you know, this better than I do, but like, it's hard to become a superstar playing for the Detroit Lions, right? It's just one of those, those teams that like, you know, um, don't have a lot of national attention. And, and that's really kind of changed certainly over the last year, the Dan Campbell effect, the hard knocks effect. But I, I feel like if, if the second overall pick had three sacks in his second career game <laughs> for a lot of other teams, that would be like the leading thing. And and it, right. we've talked about, you know, again, no disrespect to DeAndre Swift, but like DeAndre Swift ahead of him, Aiden Hutchinson had three sacks. I mean, like he, he seems like the first true. And, and I'm curious for you to tell me like the first true opportunity to plant a flag in the superstar club for the Detroit Lions. And in, in a way that I just haven't personally seen a player be from, from, he has the personality, he has the pedigrees, the homegrown guy, high draft pick, like all the boxes are checked for him. And now the performance is there as well. Yeah, no. And I was thinking this to myself last night. I, f- I feel like the Lions have a set of stars and, and once the wins start coming, that's when the national attention comes. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a guy like Swift and Amon Ra, they get a certain amount of attention just because of fantasy football, right? right? Like I, you, you can't ignore what Amon Ra has done in the past seven or eight games. And and I think that has, like you said, kind of put him right on the edge of superstardom, which I think is also kind of fascinating considering he's not one of those like prototype outside wide receivers who are getting jump balls and highlight reels. Like his highlight reels are just him running, right? Like he's not, he's not doing anything particularly fantastic with his route running or, or, you know, mossing anybody or anything like that. He's just so solid in everything. And maybe, and maybe the thing that gets him the most respect inside the building is his past is run blocking. He's, he's just such a, a high effort guy when it comes to that. And the comparisons to Heinz Ward, I think are, are apt. And, and I think that's, that's where the guy's potential is too. Like he's not, he's not that necessarily guy that, that, you know, you're if he's in one-on-one coverage, you're, you're going to throw it up to him every time. But he's just so solid in everything else that, um, yeah, he's he's borderline superstardom. And then, yeah, Aiden Hutchinson again early in his career, but three sacks and a half for a rookie is, is something that has just only been done, I think, a handful of times ever. And again, if the Lions turn this corner and and start winning football games and start contending for divisions and, and playoff spots, yeah, I, I I think you can line up maybe four or five guys that that have superstardom. Uh, quality with, with Swift, with Amon Ra. I mean, the, 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 the dirty little secret here with this Lions offense that's been playing so well is Jamison Williams is a month away from returning to the field <laughs> and, and adding a whole new dimension. And I think they're really excited about that player. Um, Malcolm Rodriguez, not just a hard knock star too. Let, let's be clear. This guy is, is an outstanding run defender. And I think he's only going to get better in, in, you know, pass coverage as well. So I, I think there's a lot of, a lot of interesting names here that if you don't know them already, uh, maybe, maybe in a year or two, uh, the national audience will. Jeremy, last one. Did you pick Heinz Ward or is that the collective opinion because he won MVP of a Super Bowl at Ford Field? <laughs> uh, no, uh, he, I, I think, I think the comparisons honestly just kind of come naturally. And, and those comparisons were already being made his rookie season in training camp by, by his wide receivers coach. Uh, another guy who who's made a, a couple of Super Bowl plays. In, his, uh, teammate, Antoine Randall his teammate. L. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Antoine. Randall he threw L. a yep, touchdown exactly. in that game. That, that That's right. Yeah, right. On. That's right. So maybe, maybe there's a little bit of bias there, but yeah, I, I mean, just, just watch the guy play and, 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 Try not to think of Heinz Ward. Mm. Um, well, all that's really well said. Thanks for the insight, Jeremy. Prideofdetroit.com, uh, the podcast. I mean, the Pride of Detroit people do such a great job. Jeremy does a, an incredible job overseeing everything that happens over there. On Twitter at Detroit Online, Jeremy, uh, make sure the next thing you eat is not a breakfast sandwich. Mix it up. You know what I mean? Like, four, you know, basic <laughs> food groups. Like breakfast food pyramid. is so good, though. That's right. That's uh-huh. right. Don't let RJ sway you in one way or another. <laughs> you eat what you want to eat.
Uh, Thanks, fellas. Have a great day, Jeremy. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Pete Sweeney, uh, the Detroit Lions took down your WFT on Sunday afternoon. Sorry about that. I I just want everybody to know, we jumped into the interview. I was running late. Pete, Rachel, professionals. Jeremy, professional. Arjo was running late. But something else everybody has to know, Pete Sweeney, we're in the victory polo. Uh, That's right. Victory polo is back. The Dallas Cowboys won on Sunday. We'll get to that. You have the opposite of a victory polo going on. Chiefs did not play. This isn't like a loser's shirt. Like you have no. the, the soft hoodie, like, like literally the, the, like the, yeah. the team I covered did nothing on Sunday. Like I'm yeah. here to just provide nothing in that sense. Yeah. I got a little bit of a ground fit going on. You don't really see, but I also have gray sweatpants. So it's uh, it's a good look for me. Oh, right do now. you have black socks or are we talking like, you know, white socks here? I'm uh I'm going, I'm barefoot right now. Okay. So this everybody is the knows. beauty of the, yeah, this is the beauty of 2022. You can do a podcast uh for, for, covering the whole league and, and you don't have to be wearing shoes or socks really uh wow uh well if you're not you generally won't get into most establishments um you know but it is what it is um that was unexpected <laughs> <laughs> it showed us his foot um okay pete are you ready to fly through every single game that happened the mf double mvp is up for grabs you sadly took it from me last week um right. but you know most weeks i do I mean, we got to keep that in mind, too. Wow. Well, Jeremy was great. Maybe he'll win it. Who knows if Rachel uh, is, is feeling that way. Rachel's feeling one kind of way because the Baltimore Ravens fell to the Miami Dolphins. Give us the Dolphin sound drop, Pete. Ah! 42 to 38, the final score. Tua Tungavailoa tossed six touchdowns as the Miami Dolphins crawled, swam, uh, soared back from a 21-point deficit in the fourth quarter an amazing stand-up scream who you are game for mike mcdaniels miami dolphins pete your thoughts on the city where the heat is on well i think we had a question with tua as to was he capable of this type of performance and you know you talk about the six touchdowns it wasn't only that it was needing these touchdowns to win the game in the fourth quarter because your team had been down what 35 to 14 and just no quit and we also wondered if there would be enough touches for someone like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. And then they answered that with an exclamation point as well. 11 catches apiece, each of them over 170 yards for four total touchdowns. And Mike McDaniel is making this work, right? I, I don't think anyone is going to say that Tua is among the top five or, or perhaps even the top 10 in the NFL. But I, I think what yesterday proved is you can not only win um, – with Tua, but you can win a big game and against one of the better teams in the AFC. And just the fact that you're down 35 14, and I, I was impressed that there was never any quit. They just stayed with it and were able to battle back and win in the fourth quarter. Just, I I really was stunned. I mean, this really, I picked the Ravens um, in our SB Nation experts pick. I know you did too. Um, this kind of felt like, oh, cool, cool. I'm, you know, another win, you know, chalk it up, you know, another whatever. Um, and it was like the blink of an eye. Like th- this was the game that you mentioned, Scott Hanton, like you just kind of kept coming back to coming back to. And the first and even second scores were like, okay, cool. This is just like some garbage time. That's only helping out the fantasy right. community. But no, I mean, what an impressive, um, you know, Goonies never say die sort of moment for the Dolphins. Um, I do want to ask you, you, you have your, your finger on the pulse of this more than I do. I think the, the class of the AFC, and we'll see what happens tonight on the night football. I think we both believe in the Bills, though, uh, is the Bills and the Chiefs, right? Like, they're a tier above everybody else. We're, we're in agreement here. I think a tier below them are the Ravens and the Chargers, right? Like, that feels fair. Like, they're kind of a step back. They, they have some, some warts, whatever. The next tier is 
I, I don't know if the Bengals are even there right now. Like I said, we'll get to that. But I think the Dolphins are there. Like, I, I don't think it's ridiculous to say that the Dolphins are better than half of the AFC West. The Dolphins are better than half of the AFC East. They might be better than almost all of the AFC North if things shake a right way. Like, they're better than the Bengals. They're better than the Ravens. They beat them. I mean, the Dolphins are really, really, really good right now. I mean, what I love about I think, them, just yeah, last, my I, last point, people said, like, how's this going to work? Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle. They have both. <laughs> like, like right. what, a, what a problem having multiple dynamic, fast, shifty players. I think that every year we go into the NFL season, you get these teams that are in two categories where you thought they were going to be really good and they end up being not such a good team. And you have these teams that come out of the woodwork and suddenly they've arrived in a sense. And a lot of times it's teams we we never expected to, to be right. there. And I feel like the Dolphins, everyone felt like, okay, they're getting Tyreek Hill. Let's see how they develop. We'll see if Waddle can develop. Maybe they're one year away. Maybe maybe if Tua can do it, uh, maybe they, they make the postseason next year. But this performance against the Ravens, you're, you're suddenly, I think, paying attention to them. They certainly feel like a playoff team right now. And and I'm almost positive about that, which is a lot to say about a Miami Dolphins team that I don't think we expected to be there. Um, Dolphins next four weeks. They have the Bills on Sunday. Cannot wait for that game. Uh, then after that, things, you know, they're at Cincinnati. Man, that's Thursday yeah. night football. That's going to be a great Thursday night football game. Um, and, and really kind of the Bengals, will, like, what, what happens to them? What do they look like in two weeks? But anyway, um, then they get the Jets, cool, uh, who we'll touch on right next. And then the Vikings. Like, I'm really, really pumped. I can't remember a time where I was this excited to watch a Miami Dolphins team. So uh, kudos to Mike McDaniel. On the other side of things, I think the Ravens will be all right. Um, Rashad Bateman had a great moment. Lamar Jackson's going to – like, what a mistake by the Ravens to not pay him. Like, he is so incredible. Like, all he is doing is making more and more and more money. I hope he hits the open market. I'm, I mean, it, this was an MVP – performance even though they ended up losing 42 to 38 but 318 yards no picks he has 119 and a touchdown on the ground just that vintage version of of lamar jackson for his mvp year yeah. where it's a shame that they lost this game because he he pretty much was dominant and and the defense couldn't hold up against this hill and waddle thing is scary for opposing teams i, I mean it, it they're almost they almost mirror each other in a sense and uh, you know it, and you saw that when they're cooking it can be impossible to stop and i think i think after lamar jackson really performed well the, the ravens defense just couldn't hold up and uh, you know that's that was the story of this game that lamar mvp season in 19 got started off with a win in miami i mean so when these two teams meet you know birds of a feather these aren't actually both birds but anyway uh let's move on pete the new one, yeah one is a fish right <laughs> Is it a fish? I don't think it's technically a fish. It's a dolphin. A dolphin is a fish. Yeah. I don't think yeah. so. Um. Anyway. Yeah. It, it is. Um. Okay. You. Uh. New game. Pete has to provide a sound effect for the winning team. Um. Every game we talk about, which is literally every game. So the New York Jets. Pete defeated the Cleveland Browns thirty-one to thirty. Give us your Jets sound effect. J E T S. Jets. 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 It was low-hanging fruit, but it is often the sweetest. Joe <sighs> Flacco helped engineer. A fourth quarter that saw the Jets snatch defeat away from the, excuse me, victory away from the jaws of defeat. Pete, I'll, I'll be straight up. All right. I've talked a lot of smack about Robert Sala. I think all of it is still pretty substantiated, but Robert Sala said it is so rare that somebody like goes out on a limb in, in such a, a kind of incredulous way, the way Robert Sala did. I'm, I'm taking receipts. You know, I've got receipts. Everybody's going to, everybody's going to rue the day that they talked about the New York Jets. And that looked pretty stupid for most of this game. But then all of a sudden, Robert Sala's Jets dug 
in. Garrett Wilson broke out. We're talking about all sorts of receivers. We, we gave the, the Jamison Williams love with Jeremy. I mean, what a game for the Jets. What an awesome win for the New York Jets. I can't remember a, maybe the Mike White game last year, but this was an epic mm-hmm. win for the Jets. Cleveland should be sick. Uh, really, I mean, you you are up 30 to 17 and there's essentially no time in the game left, right? I mean, you're up two scores. There there was a, a complete blown coverage. You couldn't get an onside kick. And then, yeah, with no, with no with less than 20 seconds left, it was the, the Wilson touchdown. And it just was stolen. I mean, it was in the blink of an eye, too. This all happened in the last two minutes of the game, right? So the game was over. I mean, it felt over. And then all of a sudden, the, the, the Jets win. And, you know, you talk about Robert Sala and the Sala experience. And it's one of these guys who you were starting to doubt. And he really, really, really needed a, a win like this one. And now we'll see if the Jets can build upon it. Yeah. And I don't know that anybody's, like, feeling bad for the Browns. Like, you know, okay, you lost. We're we're cool. You know what I mean? Like, we're all good with this. Right. Yeah. So um, that, that, that's, yeah, that that's the tough part about, about Cleveland now is, is again, uh, you know, I, I think I said it last week where you, you're rooting for Jacoby Brissett, such a great guy, but like, you don't want to see the Cleveland Browns in the playoffs or sniffing a title with everything that's happened with that organization. So uh, the Jets pull it out and, and we'll see. I, I tend to think this is a, a, a team that, you know, we're not considering a, a postseason team. And I don't necessarily think that this is the start of something. I think this is just one of these weird occurrences that we saw at the end of a game that sometimes happens in the NFL. This could be the start of something nope. new. No, I'm saying no. It I'm saying no to that. So and nip right this. To yeah. be here with you. Anyway, yeah. um, no. yeah, we were we were like this Jets comeback away from there being a take from some gross person about how the Browns are two and oh and they're gonna be a playoff. Like I'm just so happy we don't have to live in that reality. Um, another reality that I am thrilled to live in between i got a lot of tweets about this okay a lot of tweets my lock of the week last week Mm. on the look Mm. ahead was the jacksonville jaguars as three and a half point (laughs) underdogs that was pretty good against i don't even i'm not even going to call them the indianapolis colts anymore the indianapolis Uh frauds that's what they are (laughs) they are frauds with a capital f capital r capital a u d s frauds Frauds, frauds, getting blanked by the Jaguars. Oh, Carson, he he took us to Jacksonville and we lost. It was all his fault. You've lost eight games in a row. That Pete, the Jaguars have been one of the worst teams in the NFL collectively since 2015, right? Like if we looked at every team in the NFL from 2015 till now, I know they had the darling season in 2017, but the Jaguars have been one of the worst teams in the NFL in that entire span, and they have never lost. To the Colts at home. They are 8-0 and in that stretch of time since 2018. Shout out to Zach Kiefer of The Athletic who highlighted this. The Jaguars have won just 15 games at home. I feel like Patrick Mahomes in 15 games every month. All right. The Jaguars have won 15 games at home since 2018. Five have come against the Colts. Matt Ryan's going to fix us. Everything's going to be great. Frank Reich, his offense is so innovative. Chris Ballard, he built a monster of a team. Frauds, loser frauds that got punched in the mouth and are one of the worst teams in the NFL. They should be 0-2. They have entered, Pete, their two fourth quarters down by a combined score of 44-3 to this season. Yeah, you 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 took it away there. I think the problem that, that you had with Matt Ryan was he was constantly under under pressure, right? And Matt Ryan, if he is going to succeed, 
he is not one of these guys that's fleet of foot and is going to be able to Patrick Mahomes or, you know, Josh Allen, Herbert, his way, you know, out of the pocket and throw on the run. No, this is like one of these classic stationary quarterbacks. And when he's getting hit 11 times by to be a pretty good Jaguars defense, you're not going to have success. Yeah. And uh, we were wondering, okay, you know, which one of these teams in the NFL is going to be the first that where you start to have folks on the hot seat and very quickly here. And to your credit, Arda, you've been pumping this. Uh, it does seem like Indianapolis might be that team where you start to wonder if this continues to go south. They got the Kansas City Chiefs up next after losing 24 nothing to the to the uh, Jaguars here. Is this something that that is this a team where you might see some midseason changes happening? Because I, I think they're at that point. The Indianapolis Colts next few games, they're about to get destroyed by the Chiefs. All right? <laughs> um, I said that to someone yesterday. You know, in Kansas City, I was like, if they lost 24 nothing to the Jaguars, what are the Chiefs going to win by 70 points this right. weekend? And then after that, and we'll see them again tonight, obviously, on, on Monday Night Football, but then they have the Titans at home. I mean, I think we're both still – like, dude, they, they are effectively 0-2 in the AFC South. They haven't even played the Titans. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I'm not saying I think the Titans are awesome, but they're better than the Texans and the Jaguars. So they've got the Chiefs, the Titans. Then uh, the baby horses visit the actual horses. They travel to Denver on Thursday night football. They're a mess, but still, I like them better. Then they get the Jaguars again, the Titans again. Like, and then they then they get Carson Wentz in Week Eight and the Commanders. They could be zero and seven going into that game. They could be. They could be. And it that's how that's how bad they looked yesterday. I mean, this is one of these these teams that has to show up Monday morning, you know, at their meetings and being and being like, look, we got to wake up, or you know, we're we're all going to be Chrissy, fired. wake up. I don't yeah. like this. You know that that's from. I cannot believe that the Colts are only six point underdogs against the Chiefs. I think Dude, that is so disrespectful to Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes coming off of a mini buy. You know what I mean? Right. That like that was at home. The Andy I mean, Reid buy. Yeah, the Andy Reid extra time is is in play there for sure. Like my last thing on this, you mentioned Matt Ryan under duress. I I Carson Wentz is a better quarterback than Matt Ryan. But even if you think that they're the same. He is, mm -hmm. at the very least, mobile. And I understand yeah. that there's, like, hazardousness that comes from that, right? Like, we saw the screen pass that the Wentz was intercepted on against the Jaguars last week. But, like, that 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 is – he's a much better player. But they scapegoated him. And, again, they I hate the Colts because they put me in a position where I had to defend Carson Wentz. That is not a world I want to live in. But here I am, all right? Carson, they were a much better football team with him. I feel bad for Matt Ryan because Matt Ryan's going to be made to be like the face of this really bad football team. People are going to start talking about rightly so how he's washed and things like that. This was just this was never a right thing. The Colts lucked out, no pun intended, that the Falcons stepped in it with Deshaun Watson and Matt Ryan wanted out. But that was still not the best move that they could have made this offseason. This this is going to be a team with a new GM, a new head coach next year in my mind. I think you're right. And like I said, I, I wonder if they do get to 0-6 or 0-7, does it happen during the season? A lot of times, you know, you'll see that if it's just a complete mess and the Colts feel like a team that could go down that road. Mm. I think they've had like six different quarterbacks, right? These, these last six years and, and nothing seems to work. Do you feel like the Jaguars impressed you or was this just the Colts suck? I think it was I think it was a step forward for me for Trevor Lawrence. Like it wasn't exactly the most uh, efficient day, but the numbers were were right there. Twenty five of 30. And you know what? Like he, he needs a couple of these like confidence boost performance. I mean, he has not looked like Andrew Luck like he was supposed to. But this to me was was a step in the right direction. I do think that, yards, two touchdowns. You took care of the ball. You won right. in a shutout fashion. The Christian Kirk thing is I wouldn't say aging well, but he's helping that team. Right. Like that was, you know, people were like Christian Kirk, like he's 
pretty good. You know what I mean? Like it's he was the laughing stock that kind of set the market on fire because he had never had a thousand right. yards. But to me, he does look like a clear number one right now. It it was it was a little bit of a, a laugher move, it seemed like. And and yeah, I think the like the, the Jaguars are fine. I mean, it's not they're not a bad team. I don't think they're a great team, right? They're fine. And I think Christian Kirk is fine. Like he's clearly a number one, at least. At least you know that. Everything's fine. Um the uh yeah. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers. Boca, oh, I love you so much. Give us a sound effect for the Bucks. Boca, Boca, Boca. <laughs> I really thought you were gonna like, like pirate it and be like, maybe. No, 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 no. <laughs> the, the Bucks defeated the Saints twenty to ten. Um, this was kind of a boring game. It was like three nothing forever. Um, and then there was a. <laughs> I kept looking up at this game, and it was three three for. Like, yeah, that's what like, I meant. Like three 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 three. Yeah. It was it was so boring, and then the brawl happened between Mike right. Evans and Marshawn Lattimore. They really don't. I will say, I kind of like when there's a a very clear and obvious mm-hmm. rivalry between division rivals, like between players. I love that they're like they don't like us, we don't like them. It it, it just feels right. It feels like football. Right. Um, I think Leonard Fournette kind of got off scot free. I think he was the one who kind of started this thing. Uh, Marshawn right. La- Marshawn Lattimore. I don't think started it, but then Mike Evans finished it. Um, all told, this like I feel like this was this week was a wake up call for some teams, the Saints, maybe the Bears. Um, you know, maybe you weren't as good as we thought. Maybe the Commanders, you weren't as good as we thought you were after Week One. Not that we thought you were great. Um, Saints kind of played a little bit over their skis against the Falcons last week, and and not that the Bucks are good, but I mean, it just wasn't enough. Jameis looked bad. Everything looked bad. Uh, not having Alvin Kamara turns out is a big deal. Yeah, no, and 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 I'll I'll tell you what, th- this was uh, one of these ugly games. I mean, it was not fun to watch until the brawl. And like you were saying too, it just makes it more interesting. And I don't think this exists as much in the NFL, like in the old days where teams just like hated each other and they would hate each other. And it was each and every week. They just hated the other team. These guys take pictures and they exchange jerseys and stuff like that. I think the NFL is always more interesting when there's some WWE injected into it. And now like, what I mean by that is you go to the next game between these two teams. Aren't we all going to be wanting to watch what the hell's going to happen in, in this with Lattimore and, and Evans? And, and so, you know, it does it, it, the rivalries and, and grudges really make the game more interesting. And, and this is two teams that really don't like each other. Tom Brady was able to, to get over the saints hump, so to speak. This was a, a team that had his number now for, for a while here. And uh, just like I, I was saying about the Jaguars, like, I don't think the Bucks are necessarily among the like, remember when you were saying that the top tier of the AFC, I don't know if the Bucks feel like the top tier of the NFC anymore, like playing around with the Saints team that they probably should have won handedly with Kamara out. You know what I mean? And so that's that's kind of where I'm at on, on the Bucks. But still, 2-0, it's been a little bit ugly these first two weeks. I think I, I'd like to see them look a little bit better before I'm really sure that they're going to go on another Super Bowl run. Uh, Jeremy Fowler does a like overreaction under or like, is it an overreaction post um, or article every week at ESPN? And in talking about the Bucks, he was like, they're, they're clearly going to have to carry Tom Brady. Right. Like, I, I think we're like, and maybe Tom will wake up. Like if there's anybody who's, who's going to like all of a sudden show up and be Tom Brady, it's, it's literally Tom Brady, but um, yeah, they look limited, but these are the two and O teams at present time. And um, there are three, at least going to be two, or at least one team is going to join them in, in terms of the Vikings or the Eagles tonight, but the bills could as well. The Miami dolphins are two and O. The Kansas City Chiefs, as you all know, are 2-0. The New York Giants, we'll talk about next, are 2-0. And the Bucks are 2-0. So um, if we throw the Bills and Vikings or Eagles in that mix, like I think you can make an argument that the Bucks might be the worst 2-0 team. Yeah, I'm, I, 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 think, I think that's fair. And I just never expected that. But we'll see. I mean, I, 
are we finally, I think we're starting to ask the question is, are we finally at the end? I know we've asked this before and been wrong like 10 different times, but are we finally at the Closing end of the experience? Because it, it seems like, like, it seems like the writing was on the wall. If I was him, I mean, I, I still go back to this. I just cannot believe he just didn't retire after beating the Chiefs, right? Like, mm. I just, just retire, man. It was perfect. It would have been the like this great thing. mercenary walk-off. Like, one you year, got more one Super shot. Bowls. Yeah. You got you got more Super Bowls than any other team. You just beat the guy that the, that a lot of people consider the next big thing, and it's in the most important game. You crush them. Going off into the sunset. Now you're, now you're back. You're unretired. And you, like you're very, he's very clearly like in a bad place too. Like you can just tell from, yeah, from like, the body language. Obviously, we can't speak to like his personal life, and I know there's all right. sorts of like rumors and stuff. But like that, none of that matters to me. Like, but like throwing the tablet, like it's funky. You know what I mean? Like, right. It it just like you ever like um you've got a beautiful beard, but you ever like when it's cold outside, you just like mm-hmm. you you put like a jacket on or something, and the zipper catches your beard. Ah, yes. ah you know, and, and you just your, your face is like chapped because it's cold, and you just like if you, you feel gro- <laughs> you feel gross. You're like I can't wait till I have Ooh. a shower. Like that's what you really need. Um, no. Like this is just we need to clean this up. <laughs> Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Maybe the Giants are the worst 2-0 team because they... (laughs) Again, I was kind of expecting like a fee-fi-fo-fum. So, um, wow. Uh, 19-16, the final score. The Giants 2-0. They're getting it done. They beat the Titans and the Panthers. I mean, the Brian Dable era is off to it. Look, this... The Giants will wilt at a certain point. I don't know if it's next week on Monday Night Football against the Cowboys, but the Giants will wilt. But this is what you need. Uh, BLG has, has often said that this year's Giants are equivalent to last year's Lions. You know what I mean? You just need some some wins. Like, put put some some people in the stands. Like, you know, make some people feel good. You know what I mean? Like, that the Giants are doing that for their fans. Daniel Jones is still really bad. Um, but they're 2-0. How can you argue with 2-0? Yeah, and you know what? They got the Cowboys and the Bears next, so they could be 4-0 mm-hmm. um, pretty quickly here, which is wild to say about the the Giants. And look, I, I think I think that the NFL, I don't know if everyone's going to agree with me here, but I think the NFL is better when the New York teams are at least like not horrible, right? Like they've just been horrible for years, both both teams. And the Giants being good to me is, is more fun in, in, the, in the NFL. I think that Daniel Jones, you know, you talk about Dable. I think Daniel Jones, I, I've never been a big Daniel Jones guy, but I think Dable has made him look like you can win with him, which I, I didn't really 
consider that to be a possibility. But I, I think there's a way to win with Daniel Jones, which is what they're doing, using his athleticism, using the play action, getting uh, Saquon involved. Saquon, by the way, finally looks like normal again, like like he, like the player that we you know thought he was after that that injury. Did not he could lead the, the league in rushing. Like I could see that. Like he could have that kind of year. He did not. He did not look the same last year, and he finally does, and it makes it makes a difference. And it's it's that old school style of football where. Um, you're, you're designing it, you're drawing it up for the offense. And uh, I think, I don't know if like this game makes me feel like, okay, the Giants are a good team more than it makes me feel like the Panthers are just a bad team, right? Like Baker Mayfield is not a starting quarterback in the NFL. I think that's becoming abundantly clear. Again, like kind of like the Colts to me, like what a surprise the dude you traded for at the 11th hour didn't come in and like completely right. save your team. You know, like, whoa, like how, how, how shocking, like, you know, like it, it would have been fun. It would have been cool. But like you, you said last year, and I thought this was actually really appropriate at the time when Cam came back and they had the win over the Cardinals, you said it was the best story in the NFL. And it was, it was very cool, but that's all the Panthers are. The Panthers are chasing like the biggest retweet of the week. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're like a social media team on the field. Like they're, they're just like, they're not real. You know what I mean? Like they just do nothing real um, to me. I don't know which team I like, like less right now when it between the Colts and the Panthers. Oh, it's definitely both, the Colts. I don't know. It's, it's tough. They're in an, they're both like in an awful Funk. If you had to pick you, one, like PU. If you had to pick, um, if you had to pick one who fires their head coach midseason, who's who's more likely to get fired first, Frank Reich or Matt Rule? It's got to be Rule. I think so, but I don't think Frank Reich is that far behind. I think Reich has a. I think Rule. Remember, I was talking about could they make changes midseason? I think the Panthers are ripe, probably the ripest team in the league for making changes midseason. Whereas Frank Reich might might they may wait to get rid of if, if the cold season is as disastrous as the start has been, they may make it to what would they, what do they call it like Black Monday where they you know they do make it through the year, but then they clean out the GM and the, the head coach. The Carolina Panthers next few games, New Orleans, Arizona, San Francisco, all at home at the Rams. Right. Ugh, it's all just gross. I just yeah, whatever. Um, all right, let's not give uh, the Panthers any more time. Let's move on. P20, the Patriots sound effect, please. Two, two if by land, three if by not by sea. <laughs> what is this? What is this I, I actually was expecting like a like a civil war, like kind of whistle yeah. or something. Give uh, me liberty or give me death. That one I know. <laughs> the, the Patriots. One if by one if by land, two if by sea. I believe is uh, outlasted the Pittsburgh Steelers seventeen to fourteen. This was kind of a vintage classic Patriots win. Like wasn't pretty, got it done, beat a, a team that was starting to kind of feel itself. Um, the Steelers, if we're all honest, kind of stole victory last week against the Bengals. You can make a very clear and easy argument that they should be 0-2 on the season. Um, again, the Patriots won, but I feel like the Steelers are the story here. Like, is it time for Kenny Pickett? I mean, Mitchell Trubisky is like, we've seen the ceiling. We've, we've seen the ceiling. We're two games in. Again, big shocker. Baker Mayfield on the Panthers, not it. Matt Ryan on the Colts, not it. Mitchell Trubisky on the Steelers, <laughs> not it. Yeah, I think Trubisky's going to get a little bit more run. But I was watching this game. and In the bar with all you, the TVs, right, you mentioned. It, Right, right. This was on the big screen and they had the sound on this game. So I was watching actually this game, the closest of all the games yesterday. And it was just so boring. I mean, it was poor quarterback play, poor offenses. It was one of these like defensive struggles. And it, you, it was one of these games where you're like, does, does either team even like really want to win this game? And the, I believe in Mac Jones more than I do Trubisky, but Mac Jones didn't look particularly good. I thought they were going to bring in Brian Hoyer at one point in this game, but yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I think we know what Trubisky is. Like, he went to Buffalo. He was supposed to be, uh, you know, Trubisky 2.0, and he's not. He's just too, he's just Trubisky 1.0. And so, at, you know, when you get to a certain point, 
you might as well start picking at, at that point. Why not? Right? Like it, it can't really get much worse looking than this. So why not? Boring teams, boring game. Congratulations to the Patriots. They'll get their first win of the season. Patriots very clearly the third best team at best in the AFC East. Um, interesting times. Um, let's move on. The LA Rams. Oh, I, I got to do a Ram. It's all about the Ramley, bro. <laughs> Surf up. Wow. Again, not what I was totally. Expecting. I was expecting like a, you know, like a like a ram, like kind of charging with the horns or something like that. Right. Um, right. Wow. Um, Thirty-one to twenty-seven. Hanging ten, bro. Ram family. Uh, the the ramly. ramly. Um, Thirty-one to twenty-seven. The final score over the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> the Falcons almost overcame a twenty-eight to three. Uh, deficit, which would have been absolutely incredible. Uh, mm -hmm. Both Matthew Stafford and Marcus Mariota each threw two interceptions in this game. Cooper Cup had a fumble, like a kind of an uncharacteristic game. Uh, the Rams did get Cam Akers more involved. They did get Allen Robinson involved. He scored the first touchdown of the game for the Ramily. Um, again, the Rams got a win, but this just was a kind of hollow win. Like you should, you should crush the Falcons. Like you shouldn't. This shouldn't have been as close as it was. Like the Rams are still suspect to me. Yeah, I don't know if they're they're exactly the same team that we saw last year. Like it, that, you have these teams where I think sometimes the Super Bowl team you feel like was okay. That was the best team all year, and then you have other years like the Rams and like the Giants come to mind where they just like had a really good month. And I'm like, is this one of these teams that you feel confident could go on a run and repeat? And I just I'm not getting that feeling. And I'm with you. Like they they should have been. They should have shut the door there's no reason that the atlanta falcons should have been able to crawl back in in this game and they they weren't able to do it and it didn't bite them this week but i think against a better team they probably lose this football game i just don't buy it i, I think that i i used to think that the Bengals were the flukier team in, in last year's super bowl i kind of think the rams were you know what i mean like like two or two of their last four games if we look at the last four games for the rams the last five games let's do that you got the yeah. wild you got the wild card win over the Cardinals and the Cardinals were awful last year. Right. Mm -hmm. So like not anything to be proud of. They almost blew a huge lead to the Buccaneers in the divisional round. I said five, we have to do six. Um, they almost lost to the Jimmy Garoppolo led 49ers, Matt Ryan or Matt, excuse me, Matt Stafford threw what should have been a game losing interception that Jaquiski Tart dropped. They outlasted the Bengals who were kind of fraudulent in their own sense in the Super Bowl. Good for them. They got destroyed by the Bills in the season opener and they almost blew a huge lead against the Falcons. Like what, what is like, where is the mighty team that people act like the Rams are? It's just, it's not there. Yeah. And you know what? I, I just, that's what I mean. Like Matt Stafford has a high ceiling and we saw as Stafford as good as he could possibly I don't be. Think, I think he has a low that. ceiling. I think it's just his, well, I'm his, saying his floor and ceiling are very close he, together. He, he played, he, he played as good as he possibly could for a month. That's kind of what I'm saying for a month last year. Right. But is, is he this guy that can do that year in year out and win multiple Super Bowls? And I just don't think so. Like he, he has a problem with throwing inter interceptions, right? Like, this has always been a, his his issue where he can get himself into trouble. And I think you saw that yesterday. And the, the Rams were, were lucky to, to uh, like I said, they just were lucky to get out of there with a win. Um, boring, boring, boring. Okay, let's move on. Uh, I mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, my gosh, Pete. Um, well, I don't know how you do this sound. Um, the <laughs> the San Francisco 49ers defeated the Seattle Seahawks 27 to 7. Let's get the sound out of the way because this is going to be interesting. 46, 47, 48, 49. <laughs> Wow. Uh, if I had a vote, <laughs> MF double MVP. Uh, <laughs> that was awesome. Um, 
look, the Niners won and, and cool. Good for them. Uh, first win of the season. Both these teams mm-hmm. won and won now. But this, the big story, Trey Lance breaking his ankle, um, very similar to Dak Prescott. I actually didn't see this live because it was happening at the same time that the Cowboys were on. But yeah. um, devastation for the Niners, but then not devastation you know, through the eyes of some people because of, this is such an awkward situation. I, 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 do, I want know, nothing to do with this. The 49ers took a lot of heat for keeping Jimmy G on the team. And, uh, and you know, I think some of that was deserved, right? But, like, this is why you do it, because if it, you have a, you know, you have a good backup there, right? Like, you have someone that could come in and and, and lead the team. And, and now it's just a strange time in San Francisco, right? Like, so you push Jimmy G out. He begrudgingly, in, in a way, accepted his backup role. He was going to, you know, be that guy. You ended up paying him. And now it's suddenly he has the keys again. And it's just weird. It's just weird. Um Looks pretty good, right? Not not dazzling numbers, but did enough to get to to win a game against a, a Seahawks team that was obviously just last week just amped up to beat Russ, and they did. Um, the Seahawks are not good; they are not a good football team. Uh, the biggest story of the NFL, I think, this week though was was in San Francisco with the Lance injury. I saw a lot of Seahawks fans that kind of just like you know, like there are there are fans that tolerate losing better than most, and uh, Seahawks fans are kind of up there, and they were like, well, you know, what would you expect? This is a Super Bowl hangover for the Seahawks, right? Like, like <laughs> coming off of like right. Monday night's win, um, right, right, and right. It, it it did really kind of feel that way, like a, an emotional letdown, dude. Again, the Niners thing is so weird to me. Like, so now you're talking about Trey Lance not even going to play until 2023, right? Like, mm-hmm. play legitimate football for you. I, I saw stats, obviously check out Niners nation, you know, for everything about this, but tweeted that Trey Lance has played 14 quarters. He's going to reach his right. third NFL season, having played 14 quarters. Um, you have no idea what he's going to be. This, this does change. I think like this, this is a butterfly effect. Like he may, he may not be the franchise quarterback of this team in the future. Like, you know, they, they might bring Jimmy back. They might move on. They might, I don't like who knows what happens here. This is, this is a devastation for the Niners. Like sure. They might win some games here in 2022, but like the future of this franchise is very much in doubt when it, it, it kind of wasn't like it still was like we didn't know who Trey was, but like you had you had a guiding light. You had something to kind of you had you had the TV to to like point all your furniture at. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't have that anymore. No. Yeah. And I just yeah, it's a team that almost it doesn't really have an identity. And I think now now it's delayed a year like you were starting to see, OK, the, this is the 49ers. This is the Trey Lance 49ers. And now you're almost like reverting back to last year's identity and you have to. And it's it's odd. It's just an odd, odd scenario in San Fran. The Dallas Cowboys beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Pete's Cincinnati Bengals. 20 to 17. For the second year in a row, the Dallas Cowboys got a win in week two against a quarterback from the draft class of 2020 off of a last second field goal to win by a score of 20 to 17. Pete, give us that Cowboys sound. Yeehaw! I knew it. I knew it was coming. That was the most chalk one you've done, and I don't even care. Um, look, Woo. I'm thrilled that the Dallas Cowboys won this game. I'm super pumped. I'm beyond uh, pumped. This, the season I, is alive. You have something. I else. had, I had uh, the Bengals in my survivor pool. Ooh, T's and P's for you, Pete Sweeney. Um, I just didn't know. I th- that's what the story of this game to me is. And I know no one cares about your survivor league, whatever. No one cares about your fantasy team. But that's how I viewed this game. Like. It's Cooper Rush. The Cowboys looked looked bad last week. You have it, the Cincinnati Bengals team who I defended all offseason but saying they don't get enough respect. This is ridiculous. Like what? They don't deserve it. They don't deserve respect. They sh- I shouldn't have defended them. They it the the idea that this Cincinnati Bengals team was able to get to the Super Bowl and almost win it is unbelievable. And they they went out and they tried to 
protect Joe Burrow. And obviously, I mean, it's not working. It's not working. Let me count here. What was it? Six, seven, eight, nine quarterback hits. Six sacks. Yeah, six sacks. He's been, he's been sacked 13 times. And he's, you could, and you could tell like he's a, he's such a good leader, but like you can tell he's starting to be visibly frustrated with just not having enough time. Uh, and that was the the name of the game, and that's why Cooper Cooper Rush Cowboys team was able to do it. They almost came back in this game, but kudos to Rush. Once the Bengals tie it up, and it really feels like okay, Cincinnati's going to win. Right. He, he took the, he took control right back, and I thought that was that that se- sequence was the the story of the day. You know, I said all we. Dallas all week leading up to this game that I didn't think Cooper rush was that great. And that his one win last year was more of a product of Mike Zimmer trapping the Vikings and limiting the Vikings in that game that everybody saw um, that it was Cooper, like elevating the Cowboys team. And I think he got like right now, Zach Taylor is more Mike Zimmer than he is, you know, Andy Reid or Sean McDermott or pick whatever coach right. you like, like what an awful, like th- this is, I don't think this. I, I'm not trying to like get Joe Burrow off like scot free here. Like, there's a lot that's on him, like the turnovers in Week One and stuff. But like the offensive line is a mess. What are you doing, Zach Taylor? He he. I don't know if you saw this, Pete. In the post game press conference, Zach Taylor said that on the final third down play, what what ultimately was the Bengals' last offensive play, it was third and three. Um, that the headsets went out. So Zach Taylor says, "Oh no, got it. Got to go, Frank Wright, Chris Ballard. You make a bit of excuse here." And headsets are out. Joe Burrow throws to Tyler Boyd. Trayvon Diggs, huge tackle. Shout out to Trayvon. Uh, stops him for the game. Okay, well, Bengals had two timeouts. What are you doing? It's third and three. Like the game's right. on the line. What? Like your headset goes right, out. Call right. timeout. Like what? What? What are right. you doing? Like this is really, really poor management from Zach Taylor. Um, again, I, you know, I'm not. I don't think I was like right about the Bengals. I didn't think they'd be this bad, but they did. Like I thought, a lot of people, yourself included, were just were making too much out of the the run that we saw last year. They they look more Cinderella last year, and that like they're it's 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 past midnight. It's three a.m. The the dress, the glass slipper, See, like- it's all gone. I, I didn't feel that way about them. I'm like, I thought it was so. And, and I guess I was wrong. I would thought since last year was more of an arrival for the Bengals than this one hit wonder type of deal. You know, I really did. And it just does seem like we, we were maybe wrong about that. Um, shout out to Noah Brown, who was the best receiver in a game that featured Jamar Chase, CD Lamb and T Higgins. Um, Cowboys season is alive. I mean, like, they, they looked competent, which which is a huge step up from from what happened week one. I mean, could you not see this team splitting at least with with the Giants and Commanders over the next two weeks? I think in watching this game, what I learned, like I don't know, I what I learned was Cooper Rush can win win games. I didn't think that that was possible. Agreed. I mean, I no, you know, no offense, like I I really didn't think that he could. I didn't think he could give Dak a chance. I really didn't, and I I think that. You know, you what, how many games is it supposed to be at six? So you know, Depend, or, what, I mean, it depends. Pro- like, the, probably what, get, which probably Jones is week, speaking right? that day. Yeah. So probably the bye week. So like, are can they be four and four? Yeah, I think that's what I learned yesterday. Like, I think they could. Which their, is their not schedule. What I thought. The quarterbacks they play specifically lighten up significantly. They just went through Tom Brady and Joe Burrow, but up next for the Cowboys quarterbacks with their all-world defense, Micah Parsons. Holy crap. Um, Daniel Jones. Yeah, they, can win, they can win enough ugly games to when Dak comes back. You know, it could be interesting. I That's, don't know. The, I these, are, I, these are the quarterbacks that play before the bye. Just quickly, Daniel Jones, Carson Wentz, Matt Stafford, who looks pretty bad, um, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts. Who, who we're kind of still like curious about, Jared Goff and Justin Fields. Like, dude, I mean, again, Micah Parsons can can kind of will you to a lot of those wins. Uh, very quickly, but he is we, ridiculous. Micah uh, Parsons is ridiculous. We have so. three quick games to blitz through, um, but very quickly, um, the NFL can move as quickly as it wants sometimes. Um, Pete Tweeney, um, they have suspended 
Buccaneers wide receiver Mike Evans for one game um, due to his involvement with Marshawn Lattimore in the brawl. Um, the, wow. If there's one thing the NFL doesn't like, it's it's their image getting tainted. And they don't like the presentation that they're they're brawling and fighting during their games. The In case you're curious, the Buccaneers host the Green Bay Packers on Sunday afternoon. So yeah. uh, big loss. That's a good that's a good team, and uh, that is that could really impact that game. I mean, it's not like you're you're playing uh, a, a bunch of schlubs, mm, like the Indianapolis Colts or something like that. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, another sh- bunch of schlubs. Uh, let's get another sound effect here. The Denver Broncos defeated the Houston Texans sixteen to nine. Broncos country, let's ride. <laughs> I really, I thought we were gonna get like a <laughs> like like a like this. So I haven't been able to read you for most of this. No. Um, no. This was a really gross game. Nathaniel yeah. Hackett looks like the worst coach in the NFL, dude. I mean, look, <laughs> like, t- tell Why me I'm wrong. So bad at, Why is he so bad at decision making? I, I, you know, I don't understand. Like, I, first year head coach, right? But like, you should know how like the clocks and timeout and w- when to kick field goals and stuff. I, I don't understand. Like, we all know what to do in that sense, right? Like, I can't. I'm not going to pretend that I could be a head coach of an NFL team and draw up plays and, and all that. I'm not, I couldn't, but could I do the clock management? I, I think I could. I really think I could. And he is horrible at it. this seemed like, like you're saying, like, like people say this phrase all the time. Like if you've ever played Madden, no, like if you've ever watched an NFL game, like yeah. has Nathaniel Hackett ever watched an NFL game? I'm curious. You know what I mean? Like, um, Right. Because, dude, so I loved this move, and a lot of people have talked about this. The Broncos fans were, sh- like, shouting the play clock because they were messing this up so badly. They had to burn a timeout on a punt return because they didn't have a returner back there. I mean, right. like, the, the Broncos' offense does not look great. I, I know that you were just, you know, harsh on, on the Bengals and having defended them so much. I think if I think the team most under-delivering relative to hype right now is the Denver Broncos, not the Cincinnati Bengals. I think you're right. I mean, because the Broncos were just more hyped up than the Bengals were this this past offseason because of, of Russ. And, like, R- Russ hasn't looked good in years. I mean, he really hasn't. I, I think that we were just assuming that he was going to get back to that elite-level form, and he, we haven't seen it yet. And I think the Broncos are lucky to be one and one I mean, they could have really lost this game, right? I mean, it, the Texans were winning 9-6 in the third quarter. The, this, they were able to figure it out eventually, but they were very dangerous. They were dangerously close to being 0-2. Um. Well, shout out to the Broncos, I guess, uh, for um, for a win. Houston Texans kind of, again, one of those teams that kind of like played up a little bit, even though they tied in week one. They just kind of like turtled up yeah. um, on Sunday. The Arizona Cardinals survive mm-hmm. against the Las Vegas. Pete, imagine being 0-2. Like, it just, it would suck. You know what I mean? Like, I, you're you're way up on Mount Pius. Like, you are comfortable, calm, cool, and collected mm-hmm. people. We're underrating the Kansas City Chiefs. Not us, right? Mm-hmm. Not us. We knew better than that. Um, but the Cardinals win. Is that your cardinal sound effect? Yeah, they were sizzling on, on that comeback. Ah, uh, that was that was cheating. We need a, a bird. We need a cardinal. You know. <laughs> okay. All right. There, there you go. Uh, <laughs> Twenty-nine to twenty-three. Kyler Murray woke up late in the game, brought yeah. him back, and the um, Raiders just kind of let it so happen. The Raiders had this game, and and they quick just story uh, of on this game. I got to share with you. Kansas just legalized sports betting, so now we can do it on our phones and stuff. And Kansas, with my friend, interesting friend you of mine, live in the state of Missouri friend of mine named Josh turns to me and he goes, I wonder what the odds are for the Cardinals to win this game when it's 20, nothing, because look, Kyler Murray can, can do this. And we look it up plus 2,200 on, on one of the apps. I'm not going to say it cause it's not our sponsor. And, wow. uh, and I put 50 bucks on uh, the Cardinals Cardinals come back. They win it. And uh, I took home $1,100. 
Look at that, Pete Sweeney. How have you? You've gone 56 minutes without telling us this. The MF yeah. double MVP. So I was I was watching this this game especially close because we <laughs> we just threw you know we did it for fun. My my other buddy put 15 a, on it, and we're just like you know maybe maybe they can do this. And so then they score score seven, and like so much had to happen. Like they weren't just down 23. Like once you score seven, now you now you are down 16. So you need the two two-point conversions. It was like the longest two-point conversion ever with the 20 seconds. And uh, and and Las Vegas, you know, I talked about how um, the Browns uh, should be sick in their loss. They should be sick in this loss. They had I mean, it. To be, to be winning in the fourth quarter. And for so, like I was saying, they were down 16. So, so much. You had so many opportunities. You even had the ball in overtime. Uh, and you weren't able to get it done. So, not nah, that it's. I, I mean, I, I myself was a little high on the Raiders, but I think we're seeing like, you know, maybe some of that hype, like from RJ at least was a little premature, right? Like they're still like, they need some time with McDaniel and stuff like, like, like it's, it's all got to like come together still. But like, why'd you trade for the Tyree kill thing? I know like there's a lot of salty Chiefs fans about it, but like that is clearly working, right? Like it, it that has completely changed their team. Like you, you can, if you, there's no Dolphins fan upset about that trade today. And I'm not saying any Raiders fans upset about Devontae, but like, why did you trade for Devontae not to throw him the ball 30 times? You know what I mean? Like, like, what well, are you doing? I, th- I think too, like, and this is what's tough about the season for for Vegas is, I, I, you know, this is the really good division. I mean, you you already lost a division game last week. You got to take care of the games that are out of the division, so you you know you stay afloat because you still got two against the Chiefs. You got one left against the Chargers. We, we don't know what the Broncos are, but I mean, who do you feel better about right now? I, I you know what I mean? Like, so you got to get these games and just to have it and to, like I said, so many things had to go wrong. Uh, for you to lose and and for that to happen it's just you know like i said it's you got to be sick if you're a raiders fan for sure uh final game of the day the green bay packers stomped the chicago Mm -hmm. bears um our three-leg parlay from a single game on the look ahead i took justin fields over 199 and a half passing yards that failed miserably didn't even crack 100 um again this felt like just kind of like things, you know, there's sometimes like there's this week oneness, like, oh, whoa, everything's back. Some people are in new uniforms, but then like things kind of stabilize and kind of fall onto the places they're supposed to be. This is the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was asked about it afterwards uh, by Melissa Stark about owning the Bears. He owns the Bears. Like, that's just that's it. That's, it's kind of straight forward to the point. He does. He does. Uh, and and Fields is stat line in this game. Seven of 11 for 70 and an interception. Gross. What? Um, what you didn't give us a Packer sound effect, by the way. Go pack, go. <laughs> um, I did want to mention actually, um, because I brought up Melissa Stark. So during the Cowboys game, um, after yeah. the first quarter, I don't know if you noticed this last week, Pete, but after mm-hmm. the first quarter, who who did the Chiefs Cardinals game? I it was Romo and Nance, right? And Tracy Wilson. I believe you're right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So after the first quarter of the Cowboys Bengals game, Mike McCarthy is on the sideline doing an interview with Tracy Wilson, um, like a la the NBA, right? Like after, you know, a, a mm-hmm. quarter ends or whatever. And that happened to the Cowboys last week when, and yeah. I, that's why I remembered it because uh, Melissa Stark interviewed McCarthy and Todd Bowles in the same sort of way. Right. And so I right. tweet, I tweeted on Sunday during the Cowboys game, like, is this a new thing? And shout out to Tracy Wilson, who I know is a friend of Arrowhead Pride, but now a friend yes. of the SB Nation NFL show. Tracy yes. responded, said, yes, this is a new thing that they're testing on the large big window crews. You know, kind of a little humble brag uh, from Tracy herself, right? Like, yeah. hey, we're the right, number right. one crew here. But that's kind of cool. I kind of like it. I know they're chalk answers, but I like the the development in my mind. I like it, too. And and some coaches will not like it. I know Andy Reid will not like it. But look, like, here's the deal. 
TV is where the money is, right? Let's make the TV product as good as possible. And, you know, I, I do enjoy the, the mid-game interview. And I, I think it, 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 it doesn't take that much effort. Like, you don't, you, don't, you don't have to be coaching for the entire time. Like, if you take two minutes, to just help the product. Um, very quickly, let's make some picks from Monday Night Football. We got two games okay. tonight. Uh, do you know? Yeah. Like, is the man, how's the Manning cast handling this? Are they only doing one game? Like, what's going on here? I, don't, I really don't know. Um, so... I got to cut, you know, I'm I, sometimes I have un, unpopular opinions or, or notions and like, I'm not a game of Thrones guy. I don't like love the Manning cast. I, I like, I like seeing some of the moments that happen later when they, they, um, you know, they, people will highlight them and they put them on Twitter or whatever like that. And like, they can be funny or whatever like that. But like, especially now, and I know people don't love Joe Buck and, and Troy Aikman, but especially now, no, but now it's, it's a, it's a professional broadcast. It's like a normal yeah. quality crew. Totally agree. It's got just such a bit, big game feel Agreed. and it's a good take. The Manning cast is more of like a com it's almost like a comedy show and uh, I just I'd rather I want to watch today. the big game I, I agree with you game. 100% and let me say this I hate whenever we attribute something that has like been existence in for forever to like somebody who did it one time like oh Aaron Rodgers with the Hail Marys oh my gosh blah blah, blah. oh um you know uh I mean Goodness gracious. I mean, like the Chargers are this like go for it on fourth down team. Oh my gosh, blah, blah. Brandon Staley, he's like people go for it. Like that, that those they didn't invent those things. And the Manning cast existed before on ESPN's platform. Like they had all sorts of like crews watch right. different games right. and things like that. And what I actually hate the most about the Manning cast is what it has spawned. We don't need casts for everything. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah, we, it just yeah, doesn't, yeah. doesn't have to exist. Um, last year, I really enjoyed it. Some of the authenticity has like worn off for me. I'm totally with you. Last week, I uh, preferred and chose to watch Buck and Troy because you're right. Now you got some grown-ups in the room. No offense to anybody who's done Monday Night Football the last few years, but like you have a real crew doing the right. game. That will be where I hang out tonight. Uh, let's pick these games. Titans, Bills, both going Buffalo. Right? Fair to say, like this is pretty easy. Yeah, you can't pick against the Bills after they looked like how they looked. Um, on, uh, last Thursday, best team in the AFC. I'm double checking with our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook here. Uh, the Bills are nine and a half point favorites. You taking that? Yeah, I think that's safe. Yeah, I too. think it's safe. Um, finally, the Philadelphia. Oh, um, was give us a Bill sound. Oh, a Bill sound. Yeah, dollar dollar bill, y'all. Oh, I thought, see, if you were going to go song, you should have gone with, can you pay my bills? Can you pay my telephone bills? Can you pay my automobiles? If you did, then we, maybe we could chill. I forgot the last line, so that's my bad. Um, um, wow. I don't know. What does a buffalo sound look like? Uh, what is the sound of something being dipped in ranch? Because that would be like what a buffalo. <laughs> uh, the uh, Minnesota Vikings are two and a half point underdogs against the Philadelphia Eagles. I am well on record with the Minnesota Vikings. That's where I'm going. I'm taking the Bills also. This is actually my Super Bowl pick, Bills Vikings. So um, great night for RJ. Mine is Chiefs Vikings, and I'm, I'm sticking with the Vikings as well. Um, okay, so uh, take the Bills, take the Vikings tonight. So give us a, a Viking sound effect. <laughs> well done. Uh, Rachelle Prevet, it is time to grace us with your incomparable presence. You are the most perfect human being to ever walk, glide, or float along this earth. Um, so, Rachelle, Pete has left the camera, I'm sure, to bring in some sort of prop. Uh, but... Uh, so the, the podcast audience can't tell. Pete's making your job harder, just so we're clear. Uh, first of all, your takeaways from week one. And second of all, um, who's the MFWLVB? I was flush. You know, yesterday I was very, very hurt after watching that Ravens game. So, I mean, I'm glad that you guys touched on it early, got it out the way. But that was very painful to watch. I thought that the Bears game was um, just – it was just it was embarrassing. Boring. Yeah. 
it was very boring. I tried to tune in. I did watch the Cowboys game. So shout out to you for getting your win. Um, In today's today's episode, I was taking notes per usual. And shout out to Pete because the sound effects. Whose idea were the sound effects? I, you know, I set him up. You know what I mean? I'm, you know, Pete was carrying it. He was carrying it the entire time. And you know what was the turning point when RJ came out and started singing? Uh, can you pay my bills? Can you pay my telephone bills? That that stole the show. I'm sorry. Let's go. Don't do it. Don't. I'm out of here. Goodbye. (laughs) Let's go. I just want to thank Destiny's Child for putting together a tune that I could sing very well. Um. I, I want to thank you, Rachel. I want to thank Jeremy. Um, I don't want to thank Pete. I just want to be very clear. Um, <laughs> Pete left, Rachel. So I he will left. ask you then um, to give us a sound effect for a Raven. Because we didn't do that for uh, for the Ravens game. Uh, or we did, but we had to go with the Dolphin. Um, that is your team. So send us home with a sound effect for a Raven. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Ravens block. Ravens block. <laughs> you could have gone like, <laughs> like that's what I would have done. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You got it. That's close. <laughs> well done. We'll see you next week, everybody. More to dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.